Chapter 4. Gather. What do we want to do now, given what we have observed through presence? Given what you have observed in your body through this practice to this point, what do you need? Do you need to modify up or modify down? What is your breath telling you? Hands at heart center. Release your foot to the earth. Come back to your intention. Purpose. In between the stimulus and response lies our freedom, our way out of this. Given what we know and witnessed, what do we do now? In the midst of harm, how do we create sanctuary? Kelly Palmer and her community are doing so together. Um, and we formed the Sanctuary in the City, which is a nonprofit organization based here in Charlotte. And um, what started out as a dream to have like a yoga space or a community space really turned into how can we redistribute resources because we could build a really beautiful yoga space, but our city's being gentrified. So most likely the people that we wish to serve wouldn't live close to where we would have started out because um, they're tearing apart all black neighborhoods in Charlotte. Also, if folks can't uh, afford to live, they're not going to be concerned with some of the other layers of their wellness that we might offer. And so we decided in the beginning of this year to focus on grants and scholarships for other Black people to be able to take trainings, go on retreats, and really remove some of the barriers and hoop jumping that often happens when people are offering a quote-unquote scholarship. Uh, they want you to prove that you deserve it. And one of our main visions is that as Black people, we deserve to exist in a space of peace and healing and have connections to our wholeness. We don't have to earn that. That's it. Black people. We deserve to exist in a space of peace and healing with connections to our wholeness. We don't have to earn that. Thank you, Kelly. Sit tall. Get present and still. Listen. Inhale through your nose. Open your mouth. Exhale out. In the midst of anti-Black racism and harm you have witnessed, how are you creating a sanctuary space of healing and peace? And no, you cannot absolve yourself from this inquiry by declaring that you do your part to create an inclusive, diverse, Black yoga community because you teach in the prison system, in under-financially resourced cities, or with famous athletes. You know why? Because Black people are not only within those spaces. We shouldn't have to be athletic phenoms, people with a legal system record, nor residents in a disinvested city for you to see us. And what does that say about how you see Black people in this country anyway? More questions for you, those listening and wanting to do better now that you know better. Whose classes are you choosing to take? How are you structurally upholding barriers to inclusion in your studio? Are you removing barriers that would dissuade the next person who identifies as Black, Indigenous, and of color from enrolling in your classes, enrolling in your teacher training, applying to teach in your studio? Do you offer sliding scale payments? How about scholarships? Karma Yoga and Work Exchange is not the entire answer either. 
I think we need to get away from making people who are not able to pay $20 per class to pay with their time. What does that say? Because we don't have the money, we definitely have the time to work for free? That's not true either. Some of us are filling our time working multiple jobs that still don't pay us livable wages. So no, we don't have the time to exchange cleaning up the studio for yoga. We're busy trying to make a living too. Do you intentionally mentor developing teachers who are not white women? Do you partner with organizations that center wellness and the black indigenous and PLC community? Do you play music created by black artists and not have a single black person on the floor teaching? Does your music frequently have the N-word in it? Are you tokenizing that one staff member who identifies as black, indigenous, or of color in your marketing materials? Are they the only one on staff? Are they even a teacher or do you just have them working the front desk? Are you sharing the foundational texts and philosophy of yoga? Are you offering access to meditation and pranayama practices? Here, Danielle, guide us. I encourage you to take time this week, especially if you're someone who has a very heavy schedule, to just take five minutes. That's all it takes for shift. Five minutes to just breathe and notice where your breath is, notice what thoughts are coming in and sensations and see if you can invite curiosity and awareness and continue to breathe through those moments. Stephanie Hicks, founder and lead instructor of Yoga for Black Lives, offers donation-based restorative yoga classes to raise money for organizations resisting state violence against black people. Some classes are affinity spaces for black folk. Some are for people who identify as black, indigenous, and of color. And some are for all of us, plus white identifying people. Understanding the purpose, I was confused when she mentioned an incident that occurred during a session, as if her retelling of the experience might cause further harm. Stephanie, taxingly and carefully, put her words together. So when I was in Chicago, um, I taught a class one night, um, and it was in a community center. And I had been doing this for a few months at that time. And so the classes were getting bigger, more people that I didn't know were coming. There was just a, a significant amount of white folks. And what I did was what I usually did, which is I invited people as they came in to write down the name or names of Black people that either they knew or knew of or had heard of that had lost their lives um, in violence. And if people don't know names, I encourage them to like chat with somebody else. It was like literally just write a name on a piece of paper and I lift those names up um, in meditation. And I was giving these instructions to folks and a, a white woman in the class was like, but do we have to write a name? And I was like, you don't ha have to, I guess, but this is, I explain, this is what I do in these classes often. And again, if this is about not knowing a name, you can talk to somebody else. If this is, you know, if this is a great time to start some connection around that. And she was just really agitated about it and really offended by the fact that that was what we were doing. But it was this shift, this tone change, like in the class, like, whoa, like this thing that the class is about, like, this is very much what this class is about. This is very much who this class is centering. And she came in with this really sort of aggressive energy and not wanting to participate in that part. 
I'm trying to search for more ways like to describe it, but it just didn't feel good and right. And it kind of coincided with this influx of like more non-Black people coming to the class, more people who weren't necessarily thinking about police violence, more people who um, weren't necessarily participating in these movements um, and feeling this, this shift of like, so you want to come into the space, but you don't want to sort of participate fully in, in this way or are like actively trying to not participate in this way. And you can practice yoga anywhere. Like you also don't have to come to this kind of class. So in that experience of you creating a space where we can come back to ourselves and be nourished and held and cared for in the midst of the normalized killings of other black people yeah. by state institutions or vigilantes yeah. who are supported yeah. by the state. When this white woman yeah. came in and said, do we have to say a name? What were you feeling? <laughs> to be honest, like I was at probably a few different things. Like I was in shock it's a layered thing, right? Because I'm responding to what this woman is responding to that is kind of like this um, dismissal of what this class is about and dismissal of, of what Black people are experiencing. So that's like a thing. But then, you know, you are standing as a student in my class telling me that you don't want to participate in this thing that is like the core of what the class is about. So like that is that is also and the interaction between us that is messed up. Yeah, no. We should not have to bottle up and absorb someone else's carelessness for our lives and those lost. The culture created in yoga spaces with Black people has to be affirming and accountable to caustic microaggressions. Stephanie should not have had to deal with it and also carry the space for restoration for everybody else. The burden is too heavy and it's not shared. One of the more famous teachers to bring yoga to the Western world was BKS Iyengar. He was often known for saying that this pose, Shavasana, was the most difficult pose in yoga. Because it's the pose that asks us to release all of our attachments to all the parts of our identity and who we think we are. And as we practice, even just for five minutes a day, all on our mat, releasing our attachments to that identity. Maybe we can release the traumas that come with that attachment. Maybe we can release some of the painful emotions that come with that attachment. Maybe we can release the painful cycles that come with that attachment. So that that release isn't limited to what happens on our yoga mat and also support things in our life that expand into each and every aspect of our days, of our relationships, our careers, and our purpose. That's Marcus leading us. In November 2020, more than 77 million people voted for a new president-elect and a new vice president-elect, who will end up being the first Black person, South Asian person, and woman to serve in the second highest position in U.S. government. Yet, as the exit polls continue to show, the majority of white people, both men and women, voted to continue life as is, with all this suffering. 
Record turnout amongst black voters in key cities, Philly, Detroit, Atlanta, Milwaukee, are keeping this election close in the swing states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Wisconsin. This country knows we have more work to do. Some of us, barely half of the voting electorate, are doing our best to no longer live under leadership that stokes anti-black sentiment and violence. I crafted this piece yearning for deeper conversation and contemplative action fit for this moment we're living through. Ahimsa, often translated as non-harm, does not mean non-action. It does not mean check out and detach from the suffering you witness. I crafted this piece because I was and am overtired watching the words and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrangled to suppress and silence the very people his words were meant to inspire to act. I crafted this piece for your yoga instructor, studio owner, and friend who's having trouble living their yoga. In doing research for this piece, I came across a post by Susanna Barkataki on Instagram. She's a yoga guide who provides anti-racism training for yogis. She says, The first yama, or ethical code of yoga, translated as non-harm, is often used to mean non-violence. I hear this word thrown around a lot. My dears, let's be clear. Inside a system of structural violence, being non-violent actually looks like standing up to harm. So no telling folks to be nice, be kind, be more yogic as you struggle for justice. We need to call gaslighting BS on that framing of Ahimsa. Let me break this down. Ahimsa is not. Tone policing black folks and folks of color and saying to use Ahimsa and show up nicely. Ahimsa is not. Policing the way black folks and folks of color express emotions. Ahimsa is not. Being vegetarian or vegan and thinking you are done with the practice of Ahimsa. And it's simply not being a good, kind person. It's not enough to be nice. In a system that violently suppresses and attacks Black life, standing up to that system in many ways, including ways that may make you feel uncomfortable, is part of Ahimsa. Exactly. To get us and many of our community through the harm of these pandemics, Anjali Sunita and I chose to create a course on yoga as a living practice beyond asana. Every week, for 14 weeks, we gather. We are racially, ethnically, gender diverse. We are multilingual and intergenerational. We live what many strive to practice. Here, Anjali close us out. And for many of you listening, Reconsider the concept of Ahimsa. For a yogi who sees and is willing to witness the world, ending hostility, especially now in this time of intense viewing of overt and obvious racism, transphobia, xenophobia, all of the systems of oppression that have come to the fore and made 
very obvious by the pandemic that we are all living under and the inequities that therefore have, have become so obvious. In this time, what does it mean for us to live our practices and embody Ahimsa? This is a moment to look inward, to look at how you are practicing Ahimsa in the midst of the anti-Black racism and harm you witness. How are you creating a sanctuary space of healing and peace without the spiritual bypassing? While you reflect with discernment, I'm gonna be over here in action. I walk alongside the paths of Dr. Gail Parker, Octavia Rahim, Maya Breuer, Jana Long, Faith Hunter, Diane Bondi, Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts, Jessamine Stanley, Nicole Cardoza, Laruga Glazer, Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, Corey Ananda Priest, Swamini Alice Coltrane, and my Aunt Kay. You join us. memoir on yoga, wellness, and Black lives in 2020 was written and created by me, Dr. Yasmin Mumby. Sound and music, that's Justin Mayfield. Dave Nelson, Andrew Horn, and Alice Thompson helped me edit the script. Special thank you to all the yogis, studios, and collectives who contributed to this piece. Andre Coles at Roots to Rise. Eric Dupree at Three Queens Yoga. Universal Empress at the Yoga Barn. Jean-Jacques Gabriel at Studio 34. Erica Jones at the Yoga Coalition. Lisa Sorensen and Tish Torres at Oneness Yoga and We Are Change Yoga. Kelly Palmer at Sanctuary in the City. Stephanie Hicks at Yoga for Black Lives. Susana Barkataki at Ignite Yoga and Wellness Institute. Anjali Sunita at Village Life Wellness. Marcus Stanback at Daily Growth Yoga. Danielle Williamson at Zen Flow Fitness. Special thanks to Black Girl Yoga, Elephant Journal, Yoga Alliance. Funding support for this artistry was made possible by Yoga Glow.